everybody. So we are so excited. We are here to talk about the last of our Ghibli Fest films. And uh, this is Hell's Moving Castle that we're talking about today. And uh, my friend Stanford is here to talk about it. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, and so this is our sixth uh, yeah, number six, the- Rachel. Hard to believe. So the the Ghibli Fest 2017 is over, and I'm really bummed. I know, me too. I'm really sad. Especially, I was doing my I, little Facebook cover, Twitter timeline art, uh, which I do for I did for 2017 with uh, the year in animation and 2018. And there's some that I'm really looking forward to, of course, like The Incredibles 2 and I I'll, I'll Dogs and things like that. Looking forward to those, but there were a lot that I'm like, mm. yes, yes. <laughs> like, I need Ghibli Fest. I need Ghibli Fest. I <laughs> Help get me through it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were your overall sort of response to watching this film again on the big screen? Well, this is the first time I've seen it on the big screen, and I think the the strength of this film is just in Miyazaki's imaginative design and storytelling. You know the the imagination of it is just it's endless and I, I i just i just love all the crazy creatures and the wonderful again all these wonderful flying machines that he puts in you know he puts in his films this and uh you know i mean ultimately a, a triumph and a, and a happy ending but I, I felt like more it was just so wonderful to have the experience and Again, the, the wonderful music by Joe Hisaishi, oh, you know, gosh. which is, I think yes. the soundtrack, I mean, the, every soundtrack of his is, is, is a winner. I noticed it more, I think, just because in the theater, you know, and with, yeah. the, big, with the big stereo and, and uh, so just nothing but respect for the, the wonderful imagination and, and, and uh, just the f- amazing visuals of this, of this film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. the visuals, I so agree on the music. So amazing. And I do really like some of the characters. And we'll talk a little bit more about them in detail. I, 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 I don't dislike it. I certainly enjoy it. But yeah. I, I do find, and we talked about this, but I do find it a little bit slow. It's slow. <laughs> and I, I, I totally agree. I was really getting sleepy yeah. uh, in there. And I think, and it's just, I think it's just, slow it's pacing you know yeah and, i mean and i can handle slow movies don't well, I can me wrong. Like them, you know I, yeah I, yeah yeah but but i i sat through all of boyhood and was was wanting more right <laughs> <ready> for more. <laughs> and uh and so but this it just like there's some stuff that's slow and it's it's confusingly slow right. it's like why are they walking up these stairs for like 10 oh, minutes like that stair scene yeah like, they, like they, i they, don't they understand ran. yeah what? and what's and what's the point i right. don't know and and uh there seems to be yeah a lot of conversations and things that happen like with the you know with the talking fire and things that some of them i guess are helpful and some of them is just like we already know this about this character you know or we already yeah. know how how these people are what their attitudes are yeah can, we, yeah. can we can we move the plot forward, please? Yeah. Yeah, and then the strange thing is is that we learn all this information and at the end it's all kind of wrapped up in a way that's like, well, wait a minute. Like I know. It's weird because we don't really learn very much about the war. And I guess that 
that Miyazaki was kind of doing this project because he was really against the Iraq war. The Iraq war, yeah. But yeah. like... I read that too. He didn't do a very good job of like creating a nuanced argument against war. It's just basically that like war is stupid. Yeah. And they should stop. Right. And then this war is going on. <laughs> we really don't know why. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, yeah, war is pointless. These machines, these wonderful flying machines are just weapons of destruction, you know? And uh it's just i know it, yeah it didn't necessarily feel heavy-handed but it just yeah i'm with you it didn't have a clear narrative point for me you know as far yeah. on it other than other than what you just said you know war stupid yeah it wasn't heavy-handed it was just simplistic mm-hmm. it was just like I don't know. It just didn't have any sort of nuance. Uh, like, like that Nausicaa has all this nuance and exactly. both sides. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I, 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 was, I was wishing for Nausicaa. <laughs> I can't. In, yeah. the, in this, near, near the end, I'm just thinking, I mean, because I, I, mean, I knew it was going to end eventually, mm-hmm. but just having recently seen Nausicaa again, you know, as right. part of Ghibli Fest, that film ha- handles the anti-war message so powerfully and so effectively and and here it's just it's just yes we know war is awful but oh yeah it's just war is stupid it doesn't even like grave of the fireflies is definitely like war is awful this is just war is stupid and people that are in it are stupid and uh, (laughs) well said right (laughs) but anyway let's so uh, the thing I, I really do like in this film is Sophie as a character. So Sophie is this milliner. She's this hat maker. And she uh, is given this curse by the Witch of the Waste where she is a old becomes an old woman. And I think what's unique about Sophie compared to the other uh, female young heroines of Miyazaki is she's very emotional pretty much from the beginning through the end. Like she, she cries a lot. She's very like, I mean, she's just very, very emotional character, whether she's old or young. I don't know. And I think it comes from a true place. She's just like, we all have people in our life who are like public waterworks all the time, like just super emotional. And I, that's just what I think Sophie is. What do you think about her? Yeah. You know, I quite like Sophie as, as a character too, because because she, yeah, she is crying a lot. She seems scared and confused, yet she 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 perseveres. She you know, like at that one point where she she's in the castle and she just decides to be the cleaning woman. You yeah, know? I thought that that was a really smart move on her part because she's providing something that they need and. Uh, it preserves her her spot there, you know, you know, or probably most most likely, and it just it just seemed like an intelligent move. So I just feel like she's resourceful mm-hmm. and and and, uh, and brave, but just but really a unique character, I think, in the Miyazaki yeah. uh, canon. You know, because mm-hmm. she's not she's not a cookie cutter of of, of some of these uh, you know other really wonderful and strong female mm-hmm. characters but i think she's i think she's wonderful and strong in, in her own way yeah she because 
Yeah, because the next most emotional would be Kiki, but that's different because Kiki... So different, yeah. Kiki changes and has, like, depression, where this is just, like, Sophie's person. This is her energy. This is her life force. Like, who she is is just kind of this emotional, loving uh, person. And uh, and I don't know, what do you think that Mizak is trying to say about age in this, with her, like, becoming old, becoming young? I think that age age plays such a, a big role in this movie, I think in a couple of ways, because both with Sophie and also with the witch of the waste yeah. who, who comes into the house, you know, at some point, we'll, I know we'll, we'll probably talk about that more, but there are so many scenes in this film with two geriatric <laughs> female characters. Yeah. And what animated film has that? Right. You know, and, and uh, I think, I I thought they were both handled in a really respectful way. I love how Sophie treats the 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 witch of the waste, or the, you know, mm-hmm. I guess what becomes the former witch of the waste, right? Because yeah. uh, she treats her respectfully and she cares for her, mm-hmm. even though the woman put a curse on her, you know. And and yeah. uh, I I think I think it's it, it's noble. I think also it shows the the respect that the Japanese culture has for their elders. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that part, I, 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 I quite liked, and I thought, I thought it was uh, really refreshing. What, what's your take? Yeah. I mean, I think that we've seen a lot of older, particularly female characters, Miyazaki, whether it's Ponyo or in pretty much every movie has one. And there's certainly in a um, uh, castle, in the sky yeah. there's one yeah uh, and, has the name you know there's the name yeah yeah but this is a little bit different because it manages to be the same person she's still the same person whether she's young or old yes and, which i liked and uh and you know it's just kind of a nice message that like we're still the same i mean i remember thinking like I remember thinking like 30 was so old, you know, and, I, like, and, I, and I, 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 and I also remember people being like, Oh, I'm 29 forever. And thinking like, that's so lame. And it is kind of lame, but I kind of understand it now because I'm about to 37. I feel as far as like my energy and who I am and my personality and stuff, I feel the same as when I was, you know, younger. I still my same personality. I still like, you know, like it's still me, and yet I'm right. 37. Like it's just uh, almost 37, and so I kind of understand what they were saying when they were like 29 forever. And I, I don't know. I just feel like this sort of captures that that like she's still the same person. She's the same whether, person. You know, whether yeah. she's old or whether she's young. And I kind of like how 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 sort of loves her no matter what. He teaches, yeah. teaches her with the same, the same way, no matter what. And I like that. I, I thought of this is a weird comparison, but in the most recent Ice Age movie, there, they, they, there's this weird plot where the character, one of the sloth, the sloth character, I can't remember his name, he uh, meets this woman in a woman's female sloth, whatever, in the, this like fountain of youth. And it's so weird because as soon as she becomes old, he's like, you know, he doesn't have, he's not interested in her at all. And I'm like, that was a really strange message yeah. that, that they chose to say. Like, he's really into her when she's young in the Fountain of Youth, but as soon as she's old, all of a sudden I'm not interested. And I'm like, that's a weird message to send to kids. 
absolutely. So, like this, this is the opposite of that. This is, uh, you know, telling kids that like the most important thing is who you are inside and, and Mm -hmm. your, your spirit. And so I, I do really, really like that about Sophie. And I like the way that she's very emotional and, and, uh, I think it, it rings true for her character and Mm -hmm. it makes her just very like a pure character. And I think that the Miyazaki is so great at that, you know, like whatever, no one's better. (laughs) No one is. (laughs) And Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I do think though, that the witch of the waste is a very confusing character. I don't really understand her. I really wanted to talk with you about the witch of the waste. Is she a good guy or a bad guy? I'm very confused about her too. Well, it's like she straddles, she straddles both. And also she straddles kind of that she's somewhat capable or kind of like a total vegetable too. Yeah. You know? There's like at one point, like Sophie's feeding her, you know, like with a spoon, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and, and then like a few minutes later, she's not necessarily being active, but she's sure talking a lot, you know, <laughs> doing all these things. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's confusing I, because, so she, her motivations. Yeah, because she. Who does she work for? Yeah, she gives the curse. Which why does she give her the curse? I can't even remember. I just saw it, but she gives her the curse. But she yeah. can't break spells. She can only set. She can spells, only yeah set the spell. Which she says, and she's just like mad about how or I don't know what. I'm very confusing, and and then like yeah, the. They they walk up to the, the this long stair sequence and the they stairs that never end as we mentioned. <laughs> and and she's carrying the the dog, which is actually Solomon, right? The dog. Well, or yes. Somebody in disguise. I can't like remember. Like somebody in disguise, or like Solomon has mind control or something of the dog. Okay. You know? well, something because like the, that. Yeah, because at the very end, you know how they communicate with each other? And I'm like, what in the world's that? But anyway. Yeah, so he's very heavy, though. And so this long, they're just like sweating. And by the time that the Witch of the Waste gets up to the top of the stairs, she's just like gone. And she never really recovers completely. Like like you're saying, after that, she she's just kind of this vegetable and I don't know. It's just very confusing to me. I don't really understand her character. And so, yeah, if anybody's watching this and you understand the Witch of the Waste, please help. Please <laughs> help us. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Because again, too, she yeah, she's she's she says she sets the curse, and then after they go visit with Solomon, you know, they take Sophie takes her in. Which is which is again so compassionate and admirable, but also just so puzzling. I just because again, I I, I just I just you know how that whole that how that whole thing happens. Yeah, because like I think that the witch of the waste is like punished by Solomon and made right. to be this like thing, but like it's just confusing like what she is to begin with, and it's also confusing what Solomon is. Solomon is a, is a baffling villain to me too i I don't i don't understand i don't understand any of that (laughs) because she's like the mastermind right of of everything yeah and she's like in charge of this war which we don't know why they're yeah the the war that we don't know why they're fighting (laughs) and she is i don't know she's like trying to control howl 
mm-hmm. and trying to take away the magic. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it is very confusing. She's very super confusing. powerful. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. Because she's and, just like at the end, she's just like, well, this war really is stupid. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> okay. Well, good. I know. <laughs> you know there's that one time too where she like creates almost like that nightmare sequence there in, in the in that big hall that they're in yeah you know which again the animation is tremendous i love you know i love i love to look at it but it's just like what's she doing and I, you know other than she's trying to just destroy howl or well, and she's like trying to spy on them at one point there's that bug Right. And, but why is she trying to, what, is, what did they do? I guess she's yeah. just, is she worried that Hal has the power to like affect the war? Yeah. Or something? <laughs> <laughs> I know. The, the plot is, is quite convoluted. Yeah. Even though it's so slow. And you'd think that there'd be plenty of time to figure out what's happening. There's, yeah. not, there's not enough information that's presented that, um, that you know helps you through it. I'm puzzled by that too, Rachel, because Miyazaki, you know, is quoted by saying this is his favorite film, and yeah. and I just and that kind mm. of puzzles me too because I just think, but these other ones are so much better, <laughs> you know, as far yeah. as, again, just as far as narrative and things go. I mean, this clearly is very anti-war again, and maybe again. It was it was in context of that, but I don't know. Yeah, right. I, I this really is his favorite. That's so weird. Yeah, it's weird. Very I can send weird. you. I can send you the quote <laughs> so you can see the source. <laughs> huh. You know, I I think sometimes like it's just such an experience, like making a movie that like they mm-hmm. that they that maybe the creators have a different sort of take on it than like than the viewers have but yeah you know it, it's it's not a terrible movie by any means but it's just no. it's just confusing the which of the waste is confusing solomon is confusing the war is confusing and whereas like his other films yeah. it's just so clear what is right and what is wrong and what our yeah. characters are sort of going yeah. through and in this characters it, are going yeah it just feels like sophie is put under like pure randomness and it's almost like a it feels like it is paying homage to Wizard of Oz at times, but then it's not like, obviously if you have a character named the witch of the waste, that's so similar to the witch of the West, but the witch of the West is a hardcore villain, you know, like there's no redemption for the witch of the West at all. And this is just, it's just not that. And you have a scarecrow character. It's obviously trying to mimic Wizard of Oz a little bit, but you know, it's, it's not, you know, and, and Dorothy is not like, she's an emotional character in a way, but not like Sophie. On, on the little boy, Merkel. So cute. He's really yeah. fun. He's, he's a really cute and a fun and an energizing character. And, yeah. But I'm also wondering, like, why is he there? I don't know. I mean, you know what was so strange in my theater? My theater was laughing a lot. Like, particularly his character and some other characters, they were yeah. very, like, very responsive to the humor of the film, uh, which was interesting. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. In my theater, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fun, you know, because, again, I like Merkel. I think, again, great, great character design. 
and you see it on on your shirt he's just he's just so happy yeah and so um you know just willing to help he's not a bratty kid or anything i think he's just he's just a cute kid yeah but he, he's like, why, really cute why is he there is he how's he related to how well he becomes that old man you know yeah then you yeah. get the old man when they go shopping or when they go outside yeah <laughs> which is kind of funny and cute yeah, but cute. um yeah i mean he's not in my like high up on my uh ranking of of Miyazaki sidekicks like i'd put yeah. him probably somewhere with tombo somebody yeah. like that you know yeah yeah he's certainly yeah. not as good as the kid in castle in the sky no who i love oh, his name. he's yeah. seen this movie in the sub not the dubbed and oh, okay. I, I do kind of miss billy crystal a little bit as calcifer uh-huh i like him in the dub yeah yeah that's it's it's a good dub it's uh i was reminded to uh pete doctor from pixar i th- believe supervised the the dub and he did a great job you know the yeah. the, the the uh the character christian bale isn't christian bale how yeah. mm-hmm. and and uh is it Anna Paquin? Who's I can't remember. No, they actually have two voices as Sophie, which is interesting because in the uh, Japanese the, they just have one. Right. They have uh, Emily Mortimer as the young Sophie. Oh, that's right. And Gene Simmons as and, the old Sophie. Yes, that's right. Okay, thank you for reminding me. Yeah. yeah. Which is an interesting decision, you know, yeah. kind of interesting choice. But you definitely then know old versus young Sophie, right? At least as mm-hmm. far as the physical appearance goes. But, yeah, yeah, I, I like that, and I I don't know. I just think Billy Crystal's the biggest difference, though. I really yes. kind of missed. He's terrific. Miss Billy Crystal as Calcifer. Mm. Calcifer's a a really cool character. I very creative. Ah, so creative. I I really like. That's one of the things. I, I mean, I really do like Calcifer. I you know I was kind of criticizing or not kind of I was criticizing <laughs> some of those you know endless conversations that, that they all were having but still he, he's a, he's a really cool character and I never really tired of his of his design or anytime he was on screen yeah was cool. well and he's just sort of the the magic the energy of everything that's going on yeah. and and uh, just a lot of fun Hal so Hal is an interesting character because he like literally sort of feels everything that's happening and in this strong physical way, he has this really strong actual, like he starts to you know turn into a bird uh, when things are, are painful or when he's challenged or uh, whatever. And uh, he finds it actually like physically draining. And uh, I don't know. What did you think of him? You know, Rachel, again, as with most every character in this film, I was really confused about how, what Hal was about. <laughs> I mean, he, we know that he's somewhat tortured. He, he turns him, you know, he turns into a bird and he goes and he, he battles and it's unclear though, which side he's on, but he'll sometimes like help guide the bombs or do different things. And then we know that every time he has to uh, restore himself back into a, back into a human, it, it weakens him, right? Or, or, is he, or he's not, he's, yeah. there's like the threat of he's not going to be able to, there's a, there'll be a point where he's, he'll be permanently a bird, right? Uh, but he's a cool character, I think. I mean, I like, again, I like the design. I love the bird design they do of him. I think it's, it's so cool. I, one of the things that I really liked, and again, it was so interesting to see it on the big screen, was his, 
his chambers or whatever, uh, how intricate, all that stuff that's put in the walls. It's like he's this bird that's creating this nest, but it's not only is out of like sticks and mud and stuff, but it's like of to childhood toys and things. But I, 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 I love, I love the design. I thought it was so interesting, particularly at that one point where Sophie goes in to find him, and it's almost like they're all. I mean, it looks like they're just kind of these little tunnels, you know. Yeah. Um, again, I didn't. I can't say I understood them, but I sure thought that they, the design was imaginative and just wonderful. I just couldn't get enough of it. You know. Well, I, I think that Hal's like I, he and Calcifer are like tied together. They have like the right. same heart. They're tied together. Yeah. Yeah, and bonded. yeah, and he's just like anti-war on both sides and so he like messes up things for both sides and and like ruins their plans and uh and so like they can't like fight at all kind of but each time he becomes a bird it like zaps energy from him and makes it harder for him to transform back and uh you get the final scene kind of when the final act i guess where you have literally Sophie pouring Calcifer into the heart of Hal. And, uh, and that's when they're able to kind of, he's able to take that strength and, you know, they're able to, uh, I don't know, <laughs> to finish things off, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, again, yeah. I, I don't really, I don't really know either, but I like that concept though, that those two characters are bonded. Cause again, I think it's, it's really, uh, a great example of loyalty and how Hal and, and, uh, um, you know, Calcifer are, are, are really so loyal to each other. I mean, they kind of have to be because of that heart thing, but still, I, 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 I just think that's a really great. Yeah. Like, like basically, character. yeah. Like basically, uh, he's like become a bird, but then like she pours the calcifer into him and this makes him like strong. And then they are able to like, uh, <laughs> how like wakes up and him and Sophie, you know, like confirm their love and that like sets calcifer free and like seeing all of this through her like little globe, then Solomon's like, Okay, this war's stupid. I'm ending war's it. War's <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Okay. What what sets uh, uh, turn up the scarecrow free again? Is it? Oh yeah. It, uh, so turn up like he was a gentleman or something that had been turned into a scarecrow by the witch. Yeah. And I think, uh, wasn't he wasn't he a prince in the other kingdom? Wasn't that, or was there, am I, am I? Yeah, I think that so. The other one that's in the war? Yeah. And he's like, your love has set me free or something like that. Yes. Even though Sophie didn't really love him, so it's a little confusing. Again, same thing, I was, I was confused. I was like, yeah. oh, cool, okay. So he is, so he's human. <laughs> Just, he's been trapped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, she, she sets him free, and so then he goes, and yeah, like I said, Solomon uh, decides that the war is done. And, uh, and then, so the war is done. And the Calcifer is back in the, the new castle. And, uh, you know, everything 
is kind of ends on this happy note sort of thing. That's just the problem. Like, I, I don't care if it's like super convoluted. There's some real problems, I think, with pacing in this film that, uh, yeah, really, really drag it out. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like... Um, unnecessarily. It's kind of like Blade Runner for me. Like, Blade Runner I admire, and I think it's really important, and I, I admire it very much. But man, I get in there for about 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and Zonk. <laughs> it's so boring. And I can say it's beautiful, and it has these interesting characters and interesting themes. And, yeah. and But the pacing, just it's just deadly for me. It's just like, oh, yeah. I'm so bored. And uh, And... And I, this is, this captures my interest much more than that. But nevertheless, I think it has sort of the, some of the same problems. It's very high in messaging. It's very high in emotional characters. It's very high in visuals, just like Blade yeah. Runner. And you would never think to compare these two, but it's true. And, yeah, it's true. Uh, but I know there's just something missing. Yeah. It's just, I it's wish that they had done one more read through of it, kind of like. Yeah. You know, it kind of, for me, Again, it's got the Miyazaki magic with with the uh, with the wonderful visuals and just again, just how clever, endlessly clever it is. But but uh, it's missing the magic in in some really good, I think, in some really effective storytelling. You know, if you could say that that something like Pinocchio is is pretty convoluted, also, you know, and it's just like they just kind of there's no sort of method to the madness of the magic and like, yeah. why are there all of a sudden anthropomorphic animals out of nowhere? And what's going on? Like there's a lot of things that make no sense, yeah. but the uh, it's, it's so fast paced and you don't yeah. like have a ton of time to be like, you don't, Boy. it just doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> they never punish any of these characters that are evil. They never, you know, like, unless you're, you know, a Disney snob like me and <laughs> thinking about these things, yeah, uh, you, no, I hear you. You don't. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, another example would be, like, Inception is very convoluted, really, when you think about it. But, like, you're so enjoying the ride, and it's so fast-paced. It's just the like, ride is so great. And yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to scream through what's happening, but who cares, because it's just so much fun, right? Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, yeah. Look at. And there's enough breaks or slow points in this film where, yeah, or I just, it was just, I was, I was, yeah, just creating more, more and more confusion. <laughs> and I, I don't know if uh, the, if they just were so sort of tied to this idea of the messaging, maybe too much, and were maybe too focused on that, or who knows, you know, what it was. Yeah. But I always thought, I'm surprised to hear you say that it was her, his favorite, because I always thought that he came on a little bit late to this one. That's what I'd always heard. I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. So again, I'll I'll I'll, I'll find the source and sh and show you. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, because I and and it's also this is you know it's an it's an adapted story from a, a English language book. You know, someone I think from Great Britain wrote wrote uh, the source material that. Again, I think that they focus more on the anti-war stuff that, from what I, I haven't read the book, uh, and, and I can't even remember the name of the book, so you know, what kind of guest am I, Rachel? I'm not even prepared. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're great. Uh, so yeah, I'm reading here on Wikipedia, it says here, Mamoru Hosada, who's an amazing animator, if, you, if, you're, if you've never seen any of his movies, The Girl Up Through Time, Summer Wars, different things. He's great. Uh, he was originally slated to direct it, but it, it 
his ideas were, I guess, rejected. The film was shelved, and then Miyazaki took over. And uh, so after that, and okay. so yeah, that's where they never had luck with Studio Ghibli, with except for um, uh, Yonobayashi, uh, the director of uh, of. Marnie, Marnie was there. Uh-huh. He's really the only one that sort of was able to kind of <laughs> come out of their system. Yes. He didn't have much luck. I, I mean, I guess um, Miyazaki's son made one film that was like pretty well received. Uh, and, but that's, that's really it. Like anytime that they tried to sort of nurture new talent, it never really worked out. And I don't yeah. know why that's the case, but they did not have luck like, like Pixar did with like a, a Lee Young Craig or, uh, you know, someone like that, that they're yeah. able to kind of nurture and develop yeah. as a filmmaker. And uh, so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. The, the novel, it's, it's, a, this is an extremely loose adaptation. of this Yeah, novel. exactly. And again, I don't think that there's all this as much focus on the war, on, on the, on the war theme in the novel as, as, as Miyazaki chose to take it again, you know, probably with just again with his anger with the Iraq war and all that um all that stuff there's one other character I'd like to talk about if if uh, if yeah, you please. Know, that is is the is the moving castle itself oh, which yeah. I think is 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 I mean I, I'm referring to it as a, as a character and I really isn't but it is in a way a kind of a living breathing thing I mean it's it's brought to life yeah. by uh you know by the fire character but, well, and the design is so great. And, that was so wonderful, yeah. And there's this connection between Calcifer, the how, the castle, and uh, Howl. Howl, hmm Yeah, because they're all sort of, because they share the same heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, which yeah. then affects everything in the whole story. I just love how they created it, you know, how mm-hmm. they animated it. It, it, it really was wonderful. To watch it move, I never tired of those of those uh, shots of the castle moving. Yeah, because <laughs> there's so many parts to it, you know, that that the, the they have move. It's really it's really uh, fun. It kind of has a fun like steampunk feel. I feel like yes, which I like. It does. I li- yeah. I, I like that too. Uh, it is a steampunk. Uh, it also kind of, in a way, it was reminding me of some of those animations that happened in a Monty Python movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But I don't mean that as a criticism. I just mean it as fun, you know, as, as imaginative and and, uh, and 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 wonderful. These look like the, like, silver hair and I don't know. I, I just, like Sophie's look a lot. Very pretty. Very, very pretty. Yeah, I thought, I thought so too. Her, her silver hair w- was great. And how sometimes, I mean, she, she'd look older, but not just like the super old, you know? Uh, yeah. And uh, she's, she's a beautiful character. Yeah. Yeah. And there's never any, is there any kind of method to the madness of when she's young and when she's old? It's just well, kind of random. I wanted to ask you about that. Cause it seemed like for sure she'd be, she'd become her real age when she was asleep. Right. Yes. But then, it seemed like in various stages, because like there was one scene where she's awake and she's up and walking around and she's young Sophie. And then all of a sudden she's old Sophie. And I don't know if that was like a mistake uh, with, with the filmmakers or is it like Sana, you know, is it Princess Fiona? Yeah, I don't know. If it's I, I like, know. if it's tied to her emotion, her mood, mm-hmm. if it's something to do with Calcifer and yeah. 
I don't know. I really don't. I, yeah, that was the, 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 I thought was confusing. <laughs> if, if anybody has more insight on this film, please, please in the comment section. We need, we need help. We need help. But uh, I don't like a character confronting randomness. And that can be really fun. I mean, Alice in Wonderland really is pretty much that. But I, I don't know. I just it needed to be a little bit. If you're going to have a character confronting randomness, then you need it to be a little bit faster. A little bit faster. Yeah. Like I said, it's still definitely, I'm glad I saw it. I'm still oh, entertained. And so happy to see it on the big screen. <laughs> yeah. And, and and what a treat to see uh, this sub version of yeah. it too. You know, I, I, really, really a great, great experience. And you are so right about the music. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I was blown away. Like yeah. I just stayed throughout the whole credits just listening to the music. Oh, the music is just it's one of his best. It's I, you know, great. I think so too. I, so I think this is one of his best because it really, even though I couldn't necessarily understand what was happening, <laughs> the, the emotion from the music helped. Yeah, you know, at it least. really and did. It helped inform it. And also it's just beautiful. It's just so beautifully orchestrated. And, and uh, oh, I loved it. Yeah. Main message is about like, about sort of the power of love to like, save people and this sort of i think and and the value of like compassion and emotion and uh-huh. like just what the sophie's love is the thing that like changes everything yeah. and is, is always the most powerful thing in any part of the film is sophie's love and i think yes. that that that's really important as far as the uh um the message of the movie and yeah uh, I, yeah i agree and do you think though i guess in this case because you know, I, can't, I just can't, I just couldn't help but think about Nausicaa again. Yeah, Nausicaa. It's you know, it's I think it's like it's her love and courage, mm-hmm. right, and her her conviction. Yeah, but, but Nausicaa, like she's personally impacted by the war way more than Sophie is. Yeah, that's right. Because Sophie, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like Sophie is more sort of uh, the. Um, I don't know. She's just more there to kind of like love and help, help people. But like Nausicaa is like, she's the leader. And I don't think there's she's any the scenes. Leader. She's the savior, you know I mean? She's yeah. the prophesied. And I don't think there's any scenes where Sophie is really like a leader here. No, I don't think she, exactly. She's, she's really, she's a key individual contributor, <laughs> right? But but not, yeah, not necessarily asked, asked to leave. But does her, does her love, I mean, she, I guess she saves Howl, right, by, by her actions. She saves everyone by her actions. Yeah, I mean, she true. saves Calcifer. She does save everyone. Yeah, she saves Calcifer. She saves the witch. She saves, like, in one way or another, she saves everyone because yeah. she's so loving and she's so, like, emotionally true like as far as just like she's very like responsive whatever's happening she's like she feels fear she feels love she feels you know she's just a very like emotional character and that like emotional honesty is what like Mm -hmm. saves everybody and uh so yeah i don't know it's it's a it's a uh, i don't know it's an interesting it's not as complex a character as like kiki who goes through all these ups no. and downs and you're sort of following her. Right. And, 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 and adolescence, you know, and all these things that are, are being addressed with Kiki too. 
Yeah. Like, and and even Chihiro is a character that grows sort of more subtly and more quietly as she works and she, you know, she loves, uh, and throughout that film. So I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting character. I, I like the emotion. I like that she's a character that you don't always see that that often, like a character that's cries a lot and is very like emotional being a, still being strong. Yeah. Uh, but you, you absolutely can be strong and be emotional yeah. uh, as long as it's from a true place. Yeah. It's not manipulative. A single Studio Ghibli film that for me wasn't worth seeing and, and something that was interesting and something yes. that's... Yeah, exactly. and so even, I mean, if this is your worst film for Miyazaki, oh. which is still, I, you know, I don't know if it's really his worst, but uh, because I haven't seen, I still have, I still have, uh, I haven't seen The Cat Returns. Still have a couple others I haven't seen. Uh, but anyway, if this is one of his worst, that's pretty good. He's got a really great, really great track <laughs> record. And yeah. I feel like I've been really nitpicky, but I think that's also just part of, part of the discussion. Just you know, just yeah. how we feel about it. But, but yeah, I mean, it can't is, really be helped. So much because, to like about this film and visually. Yeah, well, I mean, and in a certain way, like a flawed film, just you have more discussion as opposed to like with Nasca. I remember we were just kind of like, it's so good. I know we were it's just so like, so, you just because it's just so overwhelmingly good. You just it's so <laughs> it's just so terrific. Yeah, yeah. in every regard. So. Whereas this. And I, you know, in Nazca, there's also just not the confusion. You really understand where things, you know, where people, you know, where the characters are yeah. and what's, what's happening. Right. Just, so if you were to give this like one to 10, what, what would you give it? What um, score? Probably a five and a half or a six. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I, I yeah, I think a six probably yeah. is fair. Probably fair. Yeah. 6.5. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I think that's probably fair. I, I, you know, it's definitely, I would still, still give it a fresh score over five, you know, fresh, yeah. but, uh, but yeah. As you're saying, if, if you haven't, you know, if you plan to see it, they should definitely see it because yeah, it's, it's just so fascinating and again, mm-hmm. just so endless, it's just these endless wonders, you know, visually in yeah. it, but yeah. So expect a confusing plot. Yeah, it is. So what has this experience been like for you seeing all six of these movies and kind of what sort of stands out to you? Oh, Rachel, it's just been the best. I mean, it's really, it's been so much fun. I loved, I liked how they pasted once a month. Initially I was thinking, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, but it was like, oh, I wish that they were all like once a one a week or something. But I think once a month was actually was, was really good. So I thought that was smart to have six films, you know, one a month. Uh, it it's it's just been such a treat to see them on on the big screen because again yeah. that's my favorite way to view a movie anyway mm-hmm. uh and so so seeing seeing these films that that i have liked or that you know i've, I've appreciated seeing them you know on, on the big screen it just i think i'm just in more awe of the greatness of Hayao Miyazaki is <laughs> really is really uh kind of long answer to your question yeah really have so much so much respect for his work and for studio ghibli blown away by the artistry the music Mm -hmm. the experience the emotion i i loved uh you know getting to see totoro that was was just something i'll i'll sort of always treasure that experience particularly and then coming back and talking about it with you and getting to sort of geek out (laughs) 
Thanks yeah. To you. This has been so fun. And I mean, what a special experience to see Spirited Away on the big screen. That was amazing. Oh, amazing. And yeah. It's, it's personally one of my favorite movies of all time. So I just, that was really cool. Seeing Nausicaa <laughs> right. on the big screen. Yeah. And that was really cool too, because uh, like Nausicaa took me a couple of watches to really, like I, I liked it, but like it was just a little overwhelming for me. But like I was all in on this watch on the yeah. big screen, everything. It was like amazing. And I had never seen Castle in the Sky before. That blew me away. Oh, that was amazing. That film was so entertaining. So yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. I loved it. And uh, I don't know. It was just a really, really fun experience. I got to see, I mean, we both saw the, um, uh, the Lopin one. Uh, yeah. We didn't cover it on this. We didn't Podcast. cover anything, but that was that was really fun. So much fun, yeah, <laughs> and so interesting again to see you know early a really early work by Miyazaki and just see what just what a master storyteller he is. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. unbelievable. And Kiki, I just love that. The more I see it, I think it's it's a movie that's just so emotionally honest, and I think that's what's great about Miyazaki is his characters are just emotionally true and they're so you feel immediately bonded uh, even in a flawed movie like Howl's I just I still love that about Sophie and how she's just very emotional and very honest in that emotion and mm -hmm. so I, I think that he just has a way of writing in, in, in yeah. that way and I think that's a very special thing and I'm just grateful that that the world gave us Hayao Miyazaki. And like, I, I sometimes get sort of, <laughs> um, I don't know, like beaten down by mediocrity, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, I don't know. Despicable Me 3, they made me laugh a couple times. It was yeah. okay, you know, and, and then you're just like, right. No. <laughs> no, it's not okay. You know, go watch My Neighbor Totoro, and yeah. then, you know, and then you'll never want to see, that. force yourself to sit through some mediocre, you know, thing, you know, with a bunch of bathroom humor, you know? Yeah. It's just like, ugh, no, <laughs> no. And, and seeing some of these films, it just reminds you of, I, like, how great animation can be, and how great 2D animation can be, and how, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking that with, uh, you know, with Howl's too, well, and with all of these films, that uh, animation is such a perfect medium to tell these stories that are just so uh, fanciful, you know, and so uh, so out there. And even even just like really great CGI, it wouldn't work, you know. It just is, it's, it's got to, it's this wonderful, 2D animation that is just so rich and perfect yeah. uh, for this, for, for, for the storytelling. It's, it's such, yeah, such a treat. Yeah, yeah. it really is. I, I'm just, oh, just so grateful. And so uh, Miyazaki is going to give us one more animated film, evidently. Uh, I know. And speaking of, and it, it might, and it might be a CG animated film. Yeah, I, mean, I heard yeah. that. Yeah. Heard that. So, I I'm excited to see that because I you know I didn't mean to rip on CG animation either because I love it but yeah but again there's just there's just something special about the stuff created by Studio Ghibli it's just the art of mm -hmm. it is so is so unique and yeah. it's it's just unmatched really 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to just not feel nostalgic for something, you know, medium that isn't dead. We still get it quite a bit, actually, yeah. when people as they say. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's just such an experience. And anyway, it's been great. And, uh, you know, also, you know, always just one of my favorite things. This year has been rough for animation. And so I've just been so grateful to Me have too. this. <laughs> Me too. I was thinking the same thing because it's been rough for animation. And I think... Too, it's been rough for a lot of live action films, you yeah. know. Uh, and being able to at least know, hey, at least at least one movie this month I'm going to see is going to be awesome, and it was it's going to be with Studio Ghibli Fest. Yeah, it's very very true. Very it's true. Been, it's it's been such a gift. I I really appreciate G Kids. Yes. Shout out to them. How how great they've been to do this. I hope it's been successful for them, and I really hope yeah. they'll consider doing something like this in the future i hope so too we were talking about with either you know other studio ghibli films maybe some other international or kind of indie animation you know i would love that i mean they they still have i mean how i I forget how many studio ghibli films there are but there's still like a lot oh there's a lot i mean a lot aren't there at least 13 i mean yeah at least i think or or, yeah or more so yeah because takahata has five i think yeah. just him there's grave yeah. of the fireflies neighbor the yamadas only yesterday uh tell princess kagawa i feel like there's one more i can't think of <laughs> yeah and then uh yeah there's, there's just and there's a bunch so i hope that they do and uh and Either way, it was just a really cool experience. So thanks so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. And Thank you, Rachel. This has just been wonderful. Thank you. And we'll have to think of something to do in the future, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at, at Stanford Clark. Uh, I also have a movie blog, which is stanfordclark.wordpress.com. You can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on social media and Rachel's reviews on iTunes and YouTube. And so check that out. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, and I, I have my review for both, uh, Olaf's Frozen Adventure and for Coco on my channel. So definitely check that out if you're an animation fan. So thanks again. And hopefully we'll, we'll get together again on the podcast soon. Yeah. Thank you.